Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Thank you for bringing us together as a family. I hope you're both settling in well. Yes, thank you, Father. You make it a home in every room. Amen. Over there is bedroom. That is the living room. And this is the dining room. What's this room? You're not to go there. You're forbidden. What's the time, Mr. Brilliant. What's the time, Mr. What's the time, Mr. There has been a man seen in town this afternoon. He's a charlatan, a storyteller. He's dangerous. Well, he placed a young couple in that house. They shouldn't be there. Have you seen things in the night, perhaps? There's whispers. You're talking about the voices? What did you hear? It was nothing. I appreciate the hell out of a director that experiments with genre. Weaving in and out of various genres and mediums of storytelling undoubtedly allows a director, no matter how seasoned, to develop new facets of their craft. But whether or not those facets improve or hinder their storytelling ability is entirely determined by the director in question's ability to grow as a filmmaker. Christopher Smith's latest foray into the horror genre materializes in the form of the haunted house film The Banishing, which is coming to Shudder on Thursday, April 14th. Smith, who has directed the time-loop horror film Triangle and the horror-adjacent medieval film Black Death, is no stranger to the scarier side of things and is as fitting a candidate as any for this latest spooky English haunting. The banishing begins as most hauntings do, with a sudden and gruesome murder. The film revolves around the most haunted house in England in the 1930s, just as a reverend and his wife and daughter move into the home. It doesn't take long for Marianne, played by Jessica Brown Findlay, and their daughter Adelaide, played by Anya McKenna Bruce, to begin experiencing a series of strange events that puts the family into danger. Smith smartly avoids making the focus of the film a series of fairly standard ghostly hauntings. Rather, he allows the characters' relationships to be the element that the malevolent force actively works to erode the foundation of. Marianne's husband Linus, played by John Heffernan, struggles balancing his relationship with God with that of his wife, which puts them at odds. Marianne herself attempts to conceal her past which saw her confined for unknown reasons to an asylum. Meanwhile, Linus's boss Malachi, played by John Lynch, attempts to conceal the nature of the happenings that occurred before Marianne and the child's arrival, something that the mysterious Harry Price, played by Sean Harris, is actively attempting to uncover. Seeing how these fraught relationships begin to tear one another down, coming full circle and bringing secrets to light, and ultimately, their own undoing certainly fuels the drama of this period piece. 
And while it all feels familiar, it's a sound enough basis that allows the story to stay afloat, even if it isn't the most inspired approach. Of our flock, Jessica Brown Findlay, who is no stranger to period dramas thanks to her tenure on Downton Abbey, as well as Sean Harris are the two standout performances. Marianne attempting to come to grips with her tumultuous past is paced well enough with the audience's own uncovering of her secrets, which makes for a character we can easily sympathize with even if we're unsure of that which she conceals. Meanwhile, Harris's uncanny ability to plop himself into any and all roles and leaving a distinct impression, this particular role, being a strange but drunken vestige of good, helps to give a bit of life to the otherwise stuffy and very period piece performances. And while the film's period piece aesthetic is acceptable, Smith's handling of the supernatural is a bit more uneven in its execution. When it comes to Smith's horror sensibilities, I expected much more from him with The Banishing. I was a huge fan of Triangle, which did its time loop narrative justice in its creative twists and turns, and there are inklings of this creativity in The Banishing. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. But these moments are simply too few and fleeting to ever give greater pause than a mere moment. One early scene shows a POV shot of a keyhole as someone watches Marianne as she undresses. We're to assume that this is the perspective of her husband or a ghostly figure. But then later in the film, we see that the person watching her is herself in a flashback of her time in the asylum. This moment never quite goes anywhere other than serving as a moment of interesting perspective switching that unfortunately doesn't play into a more unique traversal of storytelling. The film's approach to the larger haunting elements also aren't the most original. Soon after arriving, their daughter begins to set up strange dioramas with peculiar and spooky dolls that she finds within the home. Naturally, these dolls manifest themselves into supernatural beings later in the film, but that's to nobody's surprise. And with the exception of one moment of sudden levitating, this film scares sorely underdelivered. As for the film's handling of blending the supernatural in the narrative, The Banishing does introduce the intriguing facet of asking the viewer to question everything, especially its narrator Marianne. Can we trust what she sees or her recollection of events? It's doubtful given her propensity for hallucinations, but is that a result of the house or a deeper trauma? The problem is that a majority of these moments rarely register as frightening, often building to a brief glimpse of a figure or a rather vanilla haunting moment. And this is my biggest qualm with the film in that for all the legwork it does in establishing its period, the film can be summed up as a run of the mill, get out of the house before it's too late, haunting. And while the duo of toy drums music and Sarah Cunningham's cinematography provide some decent framing and unease, there's never quite a payoff that makes this anything more than run-of-the-mill. It feels as if The Banishing had an idea of how to go about telling its story, but it loses its way in constructing those pieces into something memorable. There were inklings of an interesting psychological twist that never materialized into anything other than we must leave this place. And, outside of two brief scares, there's very little here you haven't seen before, or seen executed on, better elsewhere. I suppose if you're more keen on period piece settings and drama, this would do more for you than it did for me, but The Banishing never quite connected with me as much as I wanted Smith's latest film too. But hey, we all have different tastes, and if you're a Christopher Smith fan, you may still want to check this out, and you can do so when it comes to Shudder on Thursday the 14th. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow the show on Instagram at Daily Horror Habit and on Twitter at Daily Horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.